According to the World Health Organization, nearly half a billion people suffer from disabling hearing loss. It's likely that you or someone you know may deal with hearing loss now or in the future. Today's guest is working at the forefront of hearing aid technology to combat the effects of hearing loss so that the hearing impaired can communicate, connect, and thrive. Hearing aids have a long history. Back in the days of Beethoven, he was using ear trumpets as hearing aids. Literally a funnel that he would put in his ear. He was so hard of hearing that he had to turn back to his audience after finishing a performance to see them clap because he could not hear them. So those days, the technology, if you can call it that, was just a mechanical funnel performing the function of a hearing aid. And as you can imagine, hearing aids have greatly advanced since the days of 19th century symphonies. My gardener is a gentleman who speaks fluent Spanish, but not much English. I can set my device such that when he speaks, almost like a one-to-one translation, as if there is somebody sitting in the middle, but it's near real time. He speaks Spanish, my hearing aid speaks English back to my ear. This episode, I'm sitting down with Achen Bomek, a prolific inventor with dozens of patents to his name. He's the chief technology officer and executive vice president of Starkey, the largest hearing aid manufacturer in the United States. Achen and the team at Starkey have brought hearing aids into the digital age. They're updating the previously clunky dated devices with sophisticated design and high-tech features, including live language translation. It's their hope that these wearable medical devices can be transformed from something that people have to wear to something that people want to wear. I'm Kristen Meinzer, and this is Innovation Uncovered from Invesco QQQ. Hello, and welcome to Innovation Uncovered. Thank you very much, Kristen. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Now, I'm curious, have you always had an interest in hearing aids? What, what was your journey leading to this role? Good question. The origin of this goes back many years as I was growing up with deep passion and interest in science and engineering. I would say it started with science. Just the whole idea of diving deep into the basics of how things work. And over time, it got translated to utilizing that knowledge of science to making things that matter, that can help improve the world. And over time, how can it help improve our lives? And any idea where that passion came from, even as a kid? Well, my father is a teacher. I mean, he's now retired. And my mom, she's a sweetest stay-home mom. So I had a lot of books to read, and I got inspired by reading the biographies of scientists who made big impacts. They went on to translating their work into life-changing inventions. So those were the early days, the inspirations for me. So it's a continuous journey from passion in science to translating science into technology. And how do we translate that into products that can help people live better lives? Now at Starkey, for the last four and a half years, I have dedicated my work to utilizing these advanced technologies, sensors, machine learning, artificial intelligence, to help humans sense and perceive the world better. That's the passion that I've always had. I understand you have a lot of patents to your name, but in all the articles I read, all the videos I watched, there seem to be some conflicting numbers there. Is it 34? Is it 39? Is there an exact number or did you just lose track because you have so many at this point? Uh, no, I actually I exactly know. So the patent is a long process in the U.S. Once you have a good idea that you want to file for a patent, it can take many years for that patent to be issued by U.S. PTO. And so today, I think I have 39 patents approved and there are many 
that are in the review and will be issued in the coming years. Wow. So, but I have 39 issued patents that you can just look up my name and you'll see 39 patents that have been already issued by the U.S. Patent Office. Wow, that's a lot of patents. Which patent are you the most proud of and why? I am most proud of my work now. It's because I have to say the impact it makes to humanity. The way I look at the contribution from engineering perspective, there's really three domains that we dabble in. Got it. Explain those three domains to me. Yes. Sensors. Sensing essentially is the idea of getting information from the world. When you touch something, it's the sensation of mechanoreception on your skin that then allows you to feel things, smell and taste. So all of those sensor technologies focus on how do we learn from how humans sense the environment and how can we build technologies that allow devices and machines to do that. The next part is the brain. Human brain is an amazing computer with 100 billion neurons. We engineers can build processors that mimic human brain that allows our devices and computers to be smart, such as a smart hearing aid versus a dumb hearing aid of 10 years ago. Mm. Number three is what do you do after processing that information? After hearing, hello, I reply back, hello. Similarly, devices and machines need to take actions based on what they process. So I've done a lot of work in all of these areas and then how they all come together to provide user experience. Mm. How can they help us in our daily lives? I'm always passionate about exploring and probing the border between possibility and impossibility and pushing that a little further. But it's the emotional aspect of it. It's about the hard work we do as engineers. What impact does it have on the millions of people that use our products? And that, I believe, is the biggest contribution that I have made in my life. I'm most proud of. Now, one thing that stood out to me, what you just said there, you said there were dumb hearing aids 10 years ago, and you're working to make smart hearing aids. What's the difference between a dumb hearing aid and a smart one? Well, dumb devices would be the ones that are programmed or instructed to do certain things, and it just does that. A decade ago, hearing aids were dumb devices that would take action based on the instructions that were provided to it by the programmers. So it would bring in sound through its microphones, and then it would amplify that sound based upon the programming that it had received that compensates for people's hearing loss. That was the traditional hearing aids. We have been on a journey to incorporate advanced technologies that are inspired by machine learning, artificial intelligence, such that these devices are smart. They can understand what sound they're getting. What part of the sound is conversation or human speech. And the device needs to automatically decide what sounds should matter to me and amplify those and suppress those that should not matter to me. Such as when I'm talking to you, I want your conversation to be amplified, but I want the background sound to be suppressed. So that's the journey that hearing aids have been on to recently. We're turning them into smart devices. So I have to say the technologies I have at my hands are amazing. And they were not there in the hands of engineers that built these products 10 years ago. And I can tell you 10 years from now, the toolkits that I'll have or my next generation, my son will have when he's working on devices, would be a lot more advanced than now. In fact, if you look up, hearing aids have a long history. Back in the days of Beethoven, he was using ear trumpets as hearing aids. Literally a funnel that he would put in his ear. The legend has it, he was so hard of hearing that he had to turn back to his audience after finishing a performance to see them clap because he could not hear them. 
So those days, the technology, if you can call it that, was just a mechanical funnel performing the function of a hearing aid. Mm, Indeed, we have truly come a long way since the days of ear trumpets. I'm curious, what type of reactions have you gotten from patients using these far more advanced hearing aids? You know, someone getting fitted with hearing aids who could not hear, and suddenly, with the device in, she could hear. You see tears of joy in their face. And of course, dozens of patients that I got a chance to talk to, the impact that you can make in their lives in enabling them to hear when they were struggling to hear before, it literally changes their lives. You know, Helen Keller, who was the American philosopher who was both blind and deaf, she said, loss of vision disconnects you from objects, but loss of hearing takes you away from people because you can't communicate anymore. I mentioned earlier that the World Health Organization cites that there are nearly half a billion people living with disabling hearing loss today. Well, by 2050, they estimate that that number will be up to 700 million. To put that in perspective, that is one in 10 people. The WHO says that people over the age of 60 are at increased risk of hearing loss, with 25% of folks over 60 suffering from disabling hearing loss. But it's today's younger population that will experience a greater increase in hearing loss numbers in the decades ahead. Unsafe listening practices in young people specifically linked to listening to personal devices at high volumes puts over 1 billion young adults at risk of permanent hearing loss. The work of Achen and his team is changing lives now and in the future. But amplifying sound only just begins to scratch the surface of Starkey's hearing aid technology. So you've already told us some of the ways that hearing technology has improved over the years. But it's not just hearing that you're trying to help people with. Tell us about some of the other innovations built into the devices you're working on. These are rechargeable devices which can last all day. And you can use them for your audio streaming from smartphones, literally like a Bluetooth headset. Mm. And one of the things I should mention, which is a new journey for us, is to embed sensors in those devices such that they can also track and monitor my health. All the way from tracking physical activities, you know, sitting, standing, walking, running, jogging, how much exercise have I done? And then have I fallen? That's extremely important for particularly older people. People with hearing loss are at an elevated risk of falling and hurting themselves. In fact, people with mild hearing loss are three times more prone to falling and hurting than people with normal hearing. This is an example of a device that has gone from a single function device whose sole purpose was to amplify sound to a multifunction device that offer help and benefits in many different ways. Wow. I love that it does all that. But I got to tell you, the thing that really wowed me when I read about it was that you're currently working on a feature where I can speak to somebody who isn't speaking in English and the hearing aids translate what they're saying almost in real time. We are happy that this feature is already available now through our products. (gasps) So our devices, the -the state-of-the-art Evolve AI hearing aids from Starkey, support near real-time language translation. In the old days, you would be limited to the processing power that can be built into the hearing aids. But today, we have literally infinite amounts of compute power once we have connectivity to the cloud. So utilizing that, we are able to bring these features that would literally be considered science fiction years ago in-ear language translation. The way I use it, my gardener is a gentleman who speaks fluent Spanish, but not much English. 
I can set my device such that when he speaks, almost like a one-to-one translation, as if there is somebody sitting in the middle, but it's near real time. He speaks Spanish. My hearing aid speaks English back to my ear. But it's all happening within tens of milliseconds, near real time speed. Oh my gosh, I'm so fascinated with this part. I really am. (laughs) Yes. Besides translating languages, we have the hearing aid technology that's in there enables it to perform the role of a digital assistant. So I can simply double tap my hearing aid and ask a question. What's the weather outside? When is my next meeting? Or I can even ask it to remind me of a medication. I might be taking multiple medicines. I forget when I need to take what medicine. I can ask it to remind me and it will remind me in my ear privately to me. One circumstance that is just hanging over all of us for the past year and a half is the pandemic. How has that affected how you work on your hearing aids and what kinds of things you're trying to address going forward? I should mention a piece of technology that serendipitously became very, very helpful during the pandemic. We were suddenly getting a lot of complaints about wearers of hearing aids particularly struggling to understand conversation when people around them were wearing masks. And so what we did as good engineers, we went to a lab and we evaluated the sound attenuation characteristics of the mask. Just think about it. If I'm wearing a mask in front of my mouth and I'm talking, the sound gets attenuated as it goes through the mask. We were able to develop a feature utilizing machine learning, which you call edge mode. All you have to do is double tap one side of the hearing aid and bring a personal assistant, double tap on the other hearing aid, and it instantly takes an acoustic snapshot of the environment around me. It analyzes that data in a few milliseconds and make necessary adjustments to the hearing aids such that it overpowers the specific attenuations imparted by the masks. We got very enthusiastic feedback from our patients who were saying, wow, I can now understand conversation even when people around me are wearing masks when I was struggling. Oh, that's incredible. Now, you've talked a lot with us today about the engineering design of your hearing aids. Can we talk just a little bit more about the physical design factors that you take into account when creating a wearable hearing device? So that's, I have to say, all it comes down to. Because all of the functions that I mentioned, if I build all of that and it becomes a big, ugly device that just cannot be worn, it has no use. Because we make different kinds of devices, we do have a particular type of hearing aid that is completely invisible today. So we take an impression of your inner ear, the ear canal, geometry, and then we can shape our hearing aid to perfectly fit in the bend of your ear canal that goes deep inside. Nobody knows you're wearing this device. So the challenge is to incorporate all of these amazing functions that are small enough to be worn discreetly with a tiny battery that's built in. It needs to last all day and it needs to be comfortable such that I want to forget that I have the device on. Hearing aids, as you think about them, they're in an extremely hostile environment. The invisible hearing aids in the canal, guess what? You have earwax and moisture and sweat. And in order to make them robust devices, we'll have to engineer protection. So the design aspect, making them look cool to the way they interact with smartphones and other devices. There's a mobile app that goes with it. There is a software that we provide to the hearing care professionals that they can use on their computer to program these devices. So all of this is complex engineering work from concept to design to development to testing to evaluation and finally to the market. 
The focus of Starkey's technology is to support individuals with hearing loss. But Achen imagines a future where this technology becomes mainstream. He sees a world where his hearing devices are used by an even broader population that may not be hearing impaired at all. And from what I can tell, the possibilities at hand put my Bluetooth headphones to shame. Achen and the team at Starkey have successfully combined style with power in this life-changing technology, but it has required their dedicated effort. Luckily, they don't shy away from a challenge. You've done so much to create technology so people can communicate, so that we can connect with others. But I can't imagine it's all been easy. I'm I'm sure there have been a lot of obstacles your team has faced along the way. Can you tell us about some of those? You know, one of my favorite quotes is, if it's difficult, we're going to do it right away. If it's impossible, we'll work on it and it's likely going to take a bit longer. In the realm of AI and machine learning, what we're doing today collectively as a society were deemed to be impossible just 10 years ago. And uh, advances have been made possible by amazing progress in sensor technologies, data. You heard about big data and massive data. All of this enabled artificial intelligence to be where it is today. So we're constantly exploring that boundary between possibility and impossibility. Is your dream that all consumers, not just those who are hearing impaired, wear these hearing aids eventually? We make these devices that are custom-made. They are mechanically shaped to perfectly fit my ear canals, and they're acoustically programmed according to my needs. So I use these devices even though I do not have hearing loss. I benefit from using my hearing aids when I'm in a restaurant having a meeting in a loud environment. And of course, I'm using it to take phone calls, listen to audiobooks, track my steps. Hopefully, I don't fall. But if I do, (laughs) you know, my wife is going to get alerted. Oh, wow. Oh, that's incredible. A device that not only tells me when if I fell, but would predict if I'm going to fall because of the way I'm walking, it tells me before even I know I have a problem, I need to pay attention to it because I might have an upcoming health issue. And the devices with embedded sensors and machine learning AI would be able to predict when I might have a problem. So we are literally on a journey to convert these hearing aids into our very own personal assistant that helps me hear better helps me communicate with people, and then helps me with information. So when I look at, let's say, very far into the future, these devices are going to provide such value and benefits. We want to convert them into, I want to wear, rather than I use them because I need to. So there's the future where, because it helps me hear better, helps me communicate better, it doesn't matter if I speak the native language or not. It is a smart device that connects me to the world of information, reminds me, what I need to do, when I need to do it. And you see that in science fiction movies all the time. But, you know, what was science fiction years ago now is reality. Similarly, what is science fiction today is going to become reality soon enough. And what's next for you? When we hang up the phone, you're going to go off and do something else. In five years from now, you're going to do something else. What's next on your horizon? As soon as you're done, you know, get back to work because we have just exciting developments in the pipe right now. You know, we talk about five years from now, 10 years from now. What you forget is that the bridge to that is today and tomorrow. Achen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for listening to Innovation Uncovered from Invesco QQQ. On the next episode, we'll hear from Karen Kelleher, the founder and CEO of Gold Rush Vinyl. 
the company that's giving vinyl a new spin. There really is an opportunity within vinyl. And it felt like a space where there hadn't been a lot of innovation, where maybe I could bring lessons from Silicon Valley into an industry that was having a resurgence and do some big things. Subscribe to Innovation Uncovered wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. Thanks for listening. Season 2 of Innovation Uncovered is brought to you by Invesco QQQ. What do all the greatest innovations have in common? Agents. Ordinary people who shape the future by putting their money behind the right ideas. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you to access the innovators of the NASDAQ 100, so you don't have to be an inventor to help create what's next to come. Become an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ. To learn more about what this fund can mean for your portfolio, visit Invesco.com QQQ. There are risks involved with investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETFs are subject to risks similar to those of stocks. Investments focused in the technology sector are subject to greater risk and are more greatly impacted by market volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 Index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies traded on the NASDAQ. An investment cannot be made directly into an index. Before investing, carefully read and consider fund investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in prospectus at Invesco.com. The opinions expressed are those of the speakers, are based on current market conditions, and are subject to change without notice. These opinions may differ from those of other Invesco investment professionals. Invesco is not affiliated with T-Brand Studio, Kristen Meinzer, or any of the subjects or companies referenced in this episode. This content should not be construed as an endorsement for or a recommendation to invest in any of the companies referenced in this episode. Invesco Distributors, Inc.